0: welcome to the see me be me podcast i'm now henry and i'm blair henry and we're two brothers who set out on a mission to make motorsport and stem careers more diverse
1: affordable and inclusive we are the founders of the blair project this podcast series delves into the minds of inspirational individuals who come from ordinary and often humble backgrounds but through their belief dogged determination, and never give up attitude, have managed to overcome academic, social, or mental challenges to achieve their dream careers. Our guests will share their life lessons that you too can apply
0: to your own. We hope their stories will inspire you to go further, aim higher, and accept nothing less than you deserve. Your ambition, your purpose is all within, and we're here to help you unlock it. The planet of possibilities, are
2: endless.
0: Hello and welcome to the See Me Be Me podcast. Today we're joined by Julian Dow from Football for Football. Welcome, Julian.
2: Thank you to be here. Great for the invite. And I will say Dow, but that's another story. <laughs> 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 so, Julian
0: Dow. Tell us, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, about
2: football, football, and, and a bit about your background and your history? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm a former footballer. So I was a professional footballer for nine years. Uh, played it all my life, growing up in Old Trafford. Well, initially, Main Road, so Moss Side was where I was born. And then spent the formative years all in Old Trafford. And, you know, it was one of those from playing on the street with your friends, you know, for the school that eventually i started playing for like a local sunday league team based out in Ermston because there were no teams in old trafford for my age so the nearest place was like strepford and Ermston. so i had some friends there i went down and it was one of those where you know my mum brought me up on her own in old trafford so she didn't really have time to come and watch me play she was out you know obviously getting me school uniforms and getting me food on the table so it was pretty much on your own back you know traveling to games Most people get lifts. I'd be, I'd I'd walked three or four miles before the games even started. Yeah, you know, because you have to conserve the bus fare for school, and then I just had a love for it, and then by default, found I was quite good at it. Not my me my own reckoning more by other people saying you should go and play for this. You should go for trials. And then eventually I started getting spotted by like local clubs like Manchester United and Manchester city. I got invited down to both of them, but I never really thought I, you know, football, I love football, but being a footballer was not really on the agenda. Yeah. So I was never really like, I'm going to be a footballer and I just love playing. And then the opportunity to go down and train at these places was good I went there with a bit of naivety because, you know, because I didn't realise it was playing football, but it was a lot more serious. So the enjoyment sort of like went out of it. So I didn't really like going down. And then I had a few incidences, especially when I was at training with Manchester United, because yeah. at the time they trained at a place called the Cliff, which is in Salford. And Salford in the late 80s, early 90s, was not the most accommodating sort of like environment for, you know, people of a of of my sort of background. Yeah. So I had a few scares, you know, getting chased after training and stuff and having there's a near a pub and getting bottles thrown at me. So I just thought, you know what? This isn't for me. So I just went back playing Sunday League football, just with my friends, playing for the school. And then at around 15, I decided, you know, I want to, you know, actually like the idea of being a footballer, and then I got scouted again, and I signed for Everton, which was again a pretty much of a novel club at the time. Um, and I was just, I, was, I was saying this to somebody the other day. Every team I played for up until the age of around say eighteen, I was the yeah. only, you know, black player. Yeah. I mean, you see now how. Great, you know the kids playing, and you know I was the only one in every team from school, Sunday league, my town, my county. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty novel. And it's only when I went to um, I went to Spain, but I'll come back to that. So I I signed for um, Everton, and then it was going well, enjoying it. But then there was a change of regime at the back; Um, all the staff got changed, and the guy who used to really look after me, he understood my. My background, he took time out. He was an ex school teacher. So straight away, he had the empathy of, you know, hang on, we watched this kid play. His parents had never been at any of the games. You know, I've watched him train. He walks to training, he walks home. You know, so they're realizing this guy, you know, there's something different. And then it's only when he came to the house and he realized, you know, the kind of background I was from, the kind of setup that he really took time. You know, he used to, when you go and train at these clubs, you'd go and stay at, um, they have called digs. You stay with families, you know, while you're training. Mm, yeah, but he yeah. made me stay at his house, so I was the I was the only kid at the club staying with the manager. So I was staying with the manager of our team. Wow. And when I was getting home, he'd make sure that I was getting home. So he'd, he'd give me a taxi to get home from Liverpool, as opposed to getting the trains all the time. You know, he'd make sure that we had you know extra money to you know he'd say make sure you get into school, make sure your mum's feeding you. You know, so he 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 was, he, was, he understood. You know, and I really loved going to the club at the time, but I got injured. Um, and I'd not trained for a few weeks, for about 10 weeks. And then I, I said I wanted to, you know, I wanted to leave because the backroom staff had gone. I wasn't getting looked after as much. You know, they're saying, you've got to get the train home. You've got to get the bus. And I'm like, mm-hmm. at the time, my back was really sore. And then I asked to leave and they said, oh, fine, because they looked at my record i and not played for so many weeks. So away yeah. you went. And then I went to sign for City, and they knew I had a, you know, a sore back, but they said, look, before we started digging our fingers in, why has a 15-year-old got a sore back? And the way they took me to get x-rayed and transpired, I had a fractured spine, and I didn't know I'd been playing for like 10 weeks. So that does, uh-huh. that, that that sort of like sent me a bit sideways, but again, you know, not going to go too long on the, the football playing side, but I managed to get over that, and then for one reason or another, again, lack of support and lack of and, and naivety and lack of education, I left City when it was all there in front of me, but I didn't know it was all there in front of me because again, there was no parental interaction, no parental sort of contact. So I, I was making decisions at a young age that I shouldn't have been shouldn't have been making. So I left, and then I signed for Wigan. And. Many people at the time thought that was a strange thing because I was in the top percentile in the country as a player, and yeah. I've gone to a small club like Wigan. But again, people around where I was grown up were saying you've got to go to small clubs to, you know, to find your feet. And and I suppose that is true for certain people. But the kind of individual I was, both psychologically and technically, the way I played and you know how how I saw the game, I needed to be in a challenging environment, such as yeah. I need to be able to by for something and I've gone to Wigan at 16 and you know if not technically all the attributes I was the best player at the club but I wasn't necessarily the most experienced never the experience to deliver it but I had all the attributes to be the most saleable and again because I had nobody around me my attitude was natural for a 16 year old you know, ego, bravado, but not necessarily conducive to grow in a football professional elite environment. And I didn't have that sort of support or understanding of it. So I was left to my own devices and I made a few, you know, mistakes as regards to my application, but that was coupled with the fact that I had my I got my my first team debut at 16 and then I had my first knee operation at 16. So I actually signed my wow. professional contract on crutches when I was seventeen. And then had another knee operation at 17, you know, which was, you know, crazy. So I was on a downward spire in the game, but I managed to stay in, stayed in for a few more years. And I realized that because I was on borrowed time, I used football as a, almost like a passport to travel. So because I wouldn't necessarily pass a medical in the UK, I ended up traveling. I played in Spain, Sweden, Scotland, Latvia, Indonesia, Russia. So I used it to travel. And at about 26, I had to come away from the game. It was just too much. My body was broken. You know, I couldn't sustain that elite sort of training. And it was then that I needed the professional game the most because yeah. I've got this degenerative knee condition. And before, where I took it for granted, where I'd go right to see the physio, left to see the doctor, it was no longer it was no longer there. And it was only when I went to a local GP. And they gave me like a tuber grip and some anti-inflammatory tablets to say, oh, off you go. And I'm thinking, hang on, my knee, my knee doesn't need that. It needs something more. And the good thing is when you're an injured player, and most of them will tell you this, you, you become the best student because you're trying to find ways to get back onto the pitch. So I found myself researching and looking and finding it. And, you know, the surgeons that I knew, I ended up speaking to them, what should I do here? And, I literally you know, went into to all these people, and then I realized, hang on, football's the biggest participation sport in the world, yet there wasn't a single hub of best practice and information. So that was my first light bulb moment. And then I eventually, my knee was okay-ish, and then friends from school were saying, oh, come and play for us on a Sunday, Jay. And they're going, oh, has it come to this? But you know, I love football, so I wanted to go and do it. It's Sunday league. So straight from a night out on a Saturday, I'd be half cut, but go and play on a Sunday. And I'd be in this dressing room. And there's guys, you know, young aspiring guys at 1920, older guys, 35, 40, still playing on a Sunday. And they're coming to me going, Julian, what are those boots you're wearing? Julian, what are you drinking there? Julian, what's that thing you're using? Julian, what should I do? And because stuff that was normally afforded to me and I took for granted it was now classed as they wanted to know even though it was recreational football they wanted to maximise that that Sunday, they wanted to maximise that participation, so I'm giving out information, they're asking me what should eat I'm giving them, telling them what drinks to get, what vitamins to take, and this is all stuff that I took as a player you know, when I was in the pro game and then again looking around in this dressing room of these has-beens and never-beens and never-going-to-be's, there's nearly £10,000 worth of spend, boots shin pads, trainers Protein shakes and they're going okay so that was a second ding ding like moment and then the coup de grace for me was when I a friend of my mum's son came to us and asking us about information they're at they're at a football club he's 12 years old he wants to know you know what you know the little nuances not the X and the O's not how to kick a ball but you know what's it like in that pro dressing room what's it like this what happens when the manager comes how do you know when to go to an agent how do you So again, I was like, I'm giving imparting my experience and learned knowledge. And I thought, hang on a second, ding. That's my third one. So there was me, who was degenerative. There was recreational and there's aspirational. So there's your market. So then I thought, right, okay. It doesn't exist, so let's build it. So that's when I came up with the idea of football for football. So it's football for playing football. And I set about trying to put it together, didn't have a clue. I just knew it had to be something like a website because that allows more people to access it. Never had a... When I started, when I registered football for football, I didn't even have a computer. I'd never had... i never owned a computer. Never had oh, one in my life. No. Seriously, never had a computer in my life. Never had wow. a camera. Never had... Never took a picture. Never written anything apart from a signature. And I just went about. And then what had happened? Somebody sort of like that i met came up you know sort of bought into it he goes yeah june this is a good idea he was he's he was a you know very successful businessman he was into sports so he understood that principle so he he goes let's go with it so we went with it and then unfortunately he had personal reasons and he he couldn't he couldn't continue with it so i I actually dropped the ball just left it and I went out trying to do something else. I didn't know what to do because with football, it's pretty much all eggs in one basket. I've got no formal qualifications, no education of, of any note. And I just carried on. And then with football, because people sort of knew you, you'd get invited to do networking and introductory stuff. And I was, I was doing all that and yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. But it got to the stage where it was costing me money, costing me time and I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't really like what I was doing. So I thought, if I'm going to do something that's gonna cost me money and cost me time I might also well do something that I'm passionate about and yeah. something that I can apply something to. So I thought right football for football. Remember that? so I went to say right I'm gonna do this again. So he'd been mothballed for about let's think probably about six years. It was mothballed and I I went online to try and, you know, I went, oh, com And he said it had gone. So what do you mean it had gone? I didn't understand that you had to, you know, renew domains. So at the time, footballforfootball.co.uk was available. So I went, right, I'll just get that. And at the time, I didn't even have a bank account. So I, I had to ask my friend to buy this domain for me. I said, mate, I'll give you 10. You just register you better give me back. I went, right, yeah, will do. So I registered .co.uk for me. So I then went to t- about really trying to build this out, and I realized that nobody had still done it. So I thought, right, and I really sat down. I'm trying to write out so-called business plans, and I didn't have a clue how to write a business plan. Didn't have, didn't have, you know, didn't know. I just thought, right, what I'm going to do, I'm going to speak to players, the experts, the coaches that I've worked with, So, guys i'm going to build the most credible the most validated and authentic resource i want you guys to tell me how you eat how you train what you do when you're injured what do you wear and then the experts will tell you the reasons why and again there was no real commercial model per se but i thought it's one of them you know field of dreams build and they will sell anything if people come to us before they buy something I I found a friend who's a higher profile player than I ever was, achieved a lot more in the game, and he had a good network of players and people. So I went to him, I said, I've got this idea. And he and he's looking at me like, What are you talking? Honestly, for about four or five months, he's just hearing white noise. He just doesn't get it. Because he stuff that he don't why would he get it? He's not been out of the elite environment. He's always been elite. And I've been on both sides of the fence. So I'm there saying to him, "Look, we're going to build this thing. It's going to be this. It's going to be that." And he's he doesn't get it. Eventually, he just goes with it because he sees him enthusiastic about it, and he goes, "Right, what do you need me to do?" I said, "We need to get the guys. We need players. We need experts." He goes, "Right." He'd won the title in Holland, you know, the double. So he'd he he's got a good network. So he spoke to some players, and then eventually we we just he said. I can get these players together. And then we try to come get money to get these built. We need a website. And I'm going to businessmen or people we knew. I'm saying, right, I've got this idea. And they're going, right, what is it? So we're going to build this website. It's going to do this. He goes, right, what do you sell? I said, nothing. The guy goes, we well, haven't got a business. I said, no, 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 it's content. Oh, how much do you charge for the content? Oh, no, the content's free. So he's scratching his head going, you haven't got a business walked away and then somebody who understood that that concept could work when you're telling about the kind of players we're gonna and the experts and the and the the amount of Mm. content that we need he looked at me and went sure you are because you just think it was impossible to get all this content
1: yeah
2: so we couldn't get we couldn't get any funding uh eventually we found a well it was his brother actually who put the first bit of money in he goes julian do you believe in this? I said, unequivocally. And he goes, what do you need him to do? I said, need to get some players. Oh, he can do that. So we put the first bit of money in. And then we went out and we went out to the big wide world in Manchester, the the media tech scene. And there was many a company who were ready to relieve of of that money without much substance and, um, I'm going to say guilt, they're just doing the work. Anyway, what happened? We ran through that money before we even knew what was going on, and we didn't really even have a website. But what we did in between was was we started filming. Now, we we used the Northwest Guy for Sky. So it was, it was like big production, dead expensive, and he'd come. And we went to Manchester United. And because this guy, the partner at the time, he was doing his coaching badges. So he walks in and he goes... Um, Right, today, we can we're gonna do you know some of the players. Anyway, one of the players I happen to know from back in the day. He goes, "What are you do? Is it you?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "What any more of the lads?" So I said, "Yeah." So next to me, you know, you got Paul Scholes, Van der Sar, um, Park. All these players coming in, and like, yeah, yeah, what is it? This sounds great. What do you want us to do? And just tell us about X, Y, and Z. Bang, and then just snowboard from there. Um, so that was growing. And then the problem was it was getting that popular regard within the underground regards to the players. When we went to going to do the filming, the content guy did the camera work. He wasn't always available. So we'd lose the players, but then also it was costing us a load of money, you know, and what happened one day we we're filming one player, quite a high profile. Well, very high profile you know, champions league winner. And he said something a bit inflammatory because he's talking like we're talking now. And the yeah. guy who was like, the, you did the work for Sky, he goes to me, Julian, Julian, at the end of it, if you give me that, I can get you a few grand for it to speak to my producer. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Then I thought, you know what? We've got to do our content ourselves because if we lose that trust element and that, that safe space and that authenticity, then the product you know, dwindles. So yeah. I then had to learn how to use a camera. And it was literally, I'd, and I promise you, the first time I did it, I'd never I I literally just pressed record. And my the guy and there was a mic, I didn't know what I was doing. And the first piece of content was awful. I was with the guy literally last week, the first guy I filmed, and he, it was shot terribly. The, the the sound is shocking, you can't see it, but the content was really good. It was genuine, it was authentic, it was beneficial, it was educational. And then eventually as I was getting my understanding of the concept, we'd run out of money. So just as you're about to go, you've got no money. But I made a conscious decision that if I stepped away and let mothboard it like I did last time, circumstance and time in, in your life would mean that you probably wouldn't go back. So I said, no money, no problem. I said, let's just keep going. So I literally hustled. I literally I was getting players, I was speaking to them saying, oh, Yeah, come to such and such. And I go and meet them and they go, right, cool. What time's the rest of the get- team arriving? I said, this is it. I had it all in my bag. I said a backpack, a big backpack. I'd get the bus. I was doing this Premier League player. I've gone to his offices with his agent and I've got the bus there and I've got literally got my studio on a backpack. And I pulled out my backdrop and what thing I, one thing that I always made sure, I thought if we're going to differentiate ourselves don't just come as content come with content with purpose but always try and build a brand so all our content branded so one thing that i did i actually registered football for football and then i came with a strap line and the strap lines because it's your game and because it's your game as it's double-edged for the fans we're saying we're showing you the real side of football because it's your game without you it's nothing and then for the people who play or involved in playing We're saying, we're going to give you the best information. Take pride in it. Use it because it's your game. Take on If you're going to do it, do it to the best of your ability. Not everybody's going to be a Premier League player, but if you can maximize your participation regardless of age, level, gender, or role, you're going to have a more fulfilling experience. Now, we're going to facilitate that because you know my biggest belief is just because you're perceived non-elite, you shouldn't be denied elite resource. So that's what we do. We're democratizing the access. So that kid at 15, 14, in Old Trafford, whose parents can't come and watch him play football, who's getting watched by clubs, where he didn't know what was going on, could now go on football, football, click a button, what to do when you get scouted. And you've got the scout, you've got the player, you've got the agent, you've got the club, all giving that information so you can make a more validated and considered, you know, sort of decisions. And and then, same with the injury. When I've got this injury at 16... Instead of going back in at 17 because I'm being pressured, I could go on injury. They will tell you the protocols of staying away. You've got an actual surgeon, a professor of orthopedics, saying if you had an operation, then be careful of X, Y, and Z. Make sure you ask these questions. And if I would have asked those questions that football for football is able to give me now, I believe I'd still have a career, or I would have had a, a, a more fulfilling career. So I read to the trademarks. So we've got that the content was, you know, building up. Everything was branded. The, everybody name check So they go to camera, football for football because it's your game. So the mm-hmm. branding and IP is 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 totally on point. And then I'm trying to figure out the business side of it. And I thought just build, 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 content, 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 content. And then I had an epiphany where I thought, hang on. There's a guy I was speaking to, a businessman, and he said something to me and it was so profound. And he said he wanted to invest, but he wanted the world. And as much as I had no money, I said, I'm not going to totally compromise myself for it. And he said, look, Julian, no problem. I get it. But just do, just do one thing. I said, what? He goes, don't worry about building a business. He goes, build a brand. I was like, I didn't know what he meant at first. And then he said, the day you have a Google ad on your platform is the day you die. And I was like, was he talking? And then it was only a couple of years later when I started thinking about it. And then again, even though that first company who relieved of our, relieved of us our money, they did get something. I got something from it. It was a learning yeah. experience. The next tech company I went to, they gave me what I asked for, but it wasn't what I needed when it was finished. And there was no, and I didn't have any uh, wriggle room to get away from it. But one thing they gave me, and there was this was a Polish company. So I actually flew out to Poland, sat with the tech team to go through it all. And I thought I'm dead clever now I know what I'm talking about. Anyway, they gave me what I asked for. But by the time they gave me what I needed or what I asked for, it was obsolete. But one thing they did say to me, I'm talking about, oh, I want to make sure I can put an ad there. and make sure I can put an ad there. And and the way it goes, Julian, Julian, please relax. And he said something that's honestly that then just totally changed my narrative and my perspective on football for football. He said, Julian, please Let us just create something people like and use. And I was just like, and it was only when I looked back and I went bang. And then I went away and thought, right, how can I make football for football the most user centric platform? Where can we add the most value? Where can we create differentiation? Where can we win? So I looked at, because when you speak to people about football, media, and tech, it's a very noisy space. If you're listening to the wrong things, we cut through, we're going to cut through with something that just doesn't exist. And because it doesn't exist, it's very hard to articulate it, especially when you've not got a business background like I didn't have. And then eventually we get to the point where you're saying, we want football for football to be the most important and beneficial first protocol call for every person on the planet involved in playing football. And the way we're going to do that is giving them exactly what they need, when they need it, how they want it. So it's personalization. So the platform builds and delivers content in a personalised, non-friction-based way. That's why when you join Football for Football, you're either a player, a coach, a parent. Now, fan, reluctantly put fans on, but I embrace it now. But that way, what happens is the content you ask for is the content you get. You're not going to get something that's inappropriate. Yeah. You know, if you want to scratch the surface, you scratch the surface, you want to go on a deep dive, come on. We've got 15 professors, 27 PhDs, 38, you know, the biggest. Like, so we get you You can get what you want at the surface level or you can go deeper. And when it comes to fans, I looked at it and thought, fans are very well served in the football tech media space, betting, games, gossip, rumours, all that sort of thing. I didn't want that. I wanted the credibility, I wanted authenticity, and I wanted a product of wanted value. But then even me as an ex-footballer, when I'm sitting in some of the interviews, I'm hearing these players talk in such an authentic way that I'm going, wow, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. That's my And then I started doing some A-B testing. So I started getting the United content and I'd play it to Liverpool fans and I'd show the Liverpool content, I'd show it to United fans. And these guys are not like your Steven Gerrards or your Ronaldo's. These are like players lesser. But because they're talking in such an authentic way, these people are like, just hanging off their every word because they never heard the players speak that way. So I thought, right, we've got the engagement. Then I had to start trying to figure out and tighten up the commercial model. And the commercial model has to be something that everybody wins. And the way that everybody is going to win is we give the consumer what they need, the advice, the information, the support, the resource. We give the stake, the, the players, the people giving the content, we're giving them platform, credibility, authenticity, safety. Then our clients, which would be brands, service providers, products, we're giving them absolute context beyond all recognition. We're giving you targeting. We're giving you detailed analysis. We're giving you, when you talk about, you know, targeting, they call it hyper-targeting. Literally, we're in the position now where we've got a flow where, because we qualify the content, the engagement, and the user, the brand now becomes a solution provider, not a seller. And that's been built off a proprietary machine learning CRM that I've been working on, which now gets to the point where we've got our own algorithms coming through, which eventually will feed, you know, an AI sort of application. And AI, it's, you know, again, artificial intelligence. We've got such a deep repository of content and resource that it actually becomes AI, but it's actual intelligence, it's real. Yeah. Even Chat GBT qualifies it by saying we can't give you data from X, Y, and Z. We can't give it from this. Again, I was talking to somebody one time, and they said to me, Do You know, I'm talking about football, football, and I go June, stop, stop. He goes, What? And I'm there going, he goes, You're not a media per se company. He says, You're a data company. I was going, what's he talking about, data? He said, do you know every time you're doing your interviews, from when these players are talking, you're talking about them then, but you're talking about them in their past, and you're talking about them in the future. So now you've got an actionable timeline of how they started, what they did to get to a certain point, how they overcome that, the choices they made, what their advice would be. So there's a timeline of data And then so now, because we asked the players, nutrition, equipment, training injuries, we've got a data set. We've got the biggest data set of the last 30 years of what football has been eating, drinking, training, how they've been coming, getting over injury, how they choose to make it, the best advice they've had. So now you can streamline that data so a user can go on and click, you know, ask a request. And the answer that comes up is not hearsay, it's fact. So it's all been about building that data repository that the request is matched to the outcome. And then that dynamic is then underpinned by a commercial product or service. So mm-hmm. it's just data matching. So if you put it in one line, you know, football, football connects users to the content they need and the brands they need and brands to the users that they want. And it's done, as we said, in a frictionless way because we've created that personalization and the personalization means we 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 do all the heavy lifting <clears throat> i was speaking to ironically speaking to a potential well a vc it's so funny and he was telling me cuz he just he just came from the angle of it's football content it's football content so i said i said it's beyond content but let's let's go through it so we did a screen share and he said look well julian i play five a side football i said okay if i hurt my ankle tonight and I'll, I'll go on google I said, let's do that. So you put in, you know, sprained ankle. And then it came up. Your search has 4.25 billion in so many .00 seconds. I says, okay, where are you going to start? With us, you click ankle because it's a body part. And you yeah. get an actual player who's injured that ankle telling you what happened. Then you've got the guys who helped him. This is what we did. And then you've got the product that will come in and this is going to help you. So it's cause, effect, solution. So nobody's delivered that in the football space. And this is why, again, obviously I'm an ex-footballer, come from a very football-orientated world, but football's just the wrapper. It's our product within this, this now proprietary, you know, sort of like um, t- technical stack and ecosystem. And once we get to the point where, because it's so new and it doesn't exist, and also there's a bias. Same with us, we have a mm. bias. Oh, yeah. so yeah. So, oh, you're a footballer or you're a singer. Right, no. I'm into STEM. I'm, into, I'm a racing driver. I'm into, yeah. I'm into tech. What? Are you sure? <laughs> you know, same way where we're saying it's football. Oh, right, is it, is it? Is it coaching? No. Oh, right, is it betting? No. Is it news? No. What is it? It's resource. And then it's so funny, even to this day when people say it must exist, it doesn't. And that's why... You know, somebody goes, well, if I put football, football, where will you come? I said, of course we're going to come top. We're the only one. But when you start drilling down, I just did something the other day where even organically, we've done a commercial piece for our clients, a content piece, because again, what happened, they've got a very niche product, hard sports hardware. They did all the shock and awe across social, so TikTok, Instagram. That got the eyeballs. No conversions because... What we're finding is users are going to those platforms for what they want. It's entertainment predominantly. Mm, the yes, the yes. touch point to get a transaction, unless it, you know, for for an actual, if it's a cultural, societal, yeah, great. It's a Louis Vuitton handbag. It's a pair of But if it's something, what should I drink before a game? What shin pads are best? There is... All you're relying on is the broad spectrum of the retailers. So we're yes. going to centralize all that and give lived experience and give that information. So as I said to you, for that client, it's so funny. We did a piece of content for them. And if you type their name into Google now, that content comes up first, what we've done for them. We're number one on Google for their product. So uh-huh. that tells you it works, what we're doing. Google or the search engines see value because mm-hmm. we are effectively a search engine within a search engine but we are just, we're dedicated to people involved in playing football. Now, obviously you guys have, you know, you've you've, you've been around tech and you've been around the STEM, you realise it's an evolving thing and we're always, you know, altering the canvas, but the principles are the same. The only thing we try and change is the, the application and the UX.
1: Yeah. It sounds like on your journey, it's um, a lot of, um, well, a lot of your journey is, it's like when you said you um, you had to go out of football, it was almost like you put everything on football and you didn't have any qualifications afterwards. And it was almost like, would it we see essentially like learning on the job, like essentially learning these skills mostly like on the job and um, essentially just trying to learn all these variety of different skills for your business. But I want to just ask them, what would you say are, let's say, three skills or traits that, you picked up on your journey since you started football for football, that uh essentially makes you as successful
2: as you are today. And successful that I'm going to be as well. Um, and yeah. perseverance, first and foremost. Perseverance, passion, purpose. Three P's. So the perseverance, perseverance is to keep going. Yeah. The purpose, do it for a reason. And the passion, you gotta love it. So yeah. if you want to drill them down, that will that that then helped me hold a camera. That helped me learn how to do wireframing to build out architectures for for wireframes for, for, for websites. That helped me build our own proprietary algorithms. That helped me work out IP and branding. But you've got to have those things in place. You've got to prepare. prepared. It's like, it's 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 one of those. It's throwing a ball up into the air. At some stage, you know, it's got to come down, but you don't need to come down straight away because it's over. So throw it up yeah. as high as you can. And Let's see what comes down. It might come down with snow, might come, might not come down, might just might it might hit the sun and it might dissipate. Then you've really yeah. won. So they're the three things really. And the the it I was just again, I was saying this to a friend the other day and was going through where I've just I've just moved into Media City now. And I'm in a quite a you know prominent production house. There's you know the documentaries that I've seen the next door and all these sort of things. And it's so funny when people are saying, Oh, I seen you do this the other day, do you seen that piece? I said who do you use for X, Y, and Z? I said, uh, me. I said, but but who does your audio? I said, me. But who do you bring in to do your filming? I said, me. But who does your interviews? Uh, me. <laughs> who does your post? I says me. So it was, it was born out of necessity. Now, the good thing is, as we scale, you know, I'm in the position to teach people, the people. The, um, just to qualify this as well, there will be people coming into football, football in the next stage who will be better than me at the single things But I'll be better at giving it the vision and the 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 knitting it together. But they'll be singly. They'll be better videographers than me. They'll be better editors than me. They'll be better social media people than me. They'll be better content writers than me. They'll be better, you know, graphic designers than me. But in a single sense, but they'll have to learn the football football way in order for it to you know for it to work. And then, what would you say is the proudest moment of your career so far? In football terms, my proudest moment is, well, one stage was living in Old Trafford and playing at Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, But then, still to this day, this kid from Old Trafford, still the youngest British player to sign a professional contract in Spain as a footballer. So, and then in, in the business realm or the football, football realm, I'm proud every day Oh, sorry, I have pride every day, but I'm not proud yet. It's not, we've not even kicked the beast yet. This is, I say to people, I've got friends, and you guys will know this. I'm building stuff, and you, it's quite good that you, you've got a good connection, you've got good people around you. Yeah. But on my side, um, I'm not saying I'm not a good people, but even friends, you know, they, they roll their eyes when I mention football, football, because mm. they just don't, I get it. They're not, they're not part of the journey, they haven't got the same vision, and it's, 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 mm they they don't they don't get it so my pride is going to come when i go i didn't have a full fully fully fulfilling football career but in years to come football football's going to outlive me and it will yeah. always be in football and what is that
1: almost the what sort of legacy would you like to leave behind let's say remembering your name in the next uh, 10 15 years julian how would you like people well, to remember you
2: do, do you know what so i saw something on linkedin yesterday and he's about, I don't know if you saw, he's about a guy who did a brand deck. He's talking about the brand decks. Brand decks. Oh. So a brand deck, you know, like for Nike, all these companies and, you know, little things. I'll just, I'll just I'll read it here because it was brilliant. And he just makes you repurpose and rethink, you know, your own journey. And he was taking into account, where's it gone? Here we go. Let's have a look. There we go. So he's saying, you know, every company, should, you know, four simple terms, you know, to help me build in a brand. You know, vision, your mission, your purpose and your brand idea. Yeah. Yeah. And we had like, you know, obviously Nike, you know, Mike's vision. We see the world where everybody is an athlete. The mission, bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete. The purpose, we believe everybody is an athlete and brand idea. Just do it. And that just made me absolutely think and drill down on, you know, what I was trying to do or what. Because sometimes when you're building something, you're in something, you sort of like lose that that sort of like vision, or you lose, you know, not necessarily the purpose, but you lose its tone. So I I had to do something, and then I just wrote something down quickly. I'm just going to pull it up quick, and this this and this will answer that question, and it's quite simple. So my vision. So when you talk about my vision, it's everyone's role in the game enhanced so that's my vision Mm -hmm. that's my purpose that'll be my legacy that everybody whatever your role in the game it will be enhanced by using football for football if you're a fan you'll have a better understanding of the player psyche the dynamics behind it how teams do something if you're a player you're going to have access to all the best tools in the world to make you a better player regardless of your end goal if you're a part of the player support network whether you're a parent you'll be able to do it more fulfillingly with education because you'll be able to support them more if you're a coach, you're going to be able to find out the nuances. It's not just about the X and the O's, which are called on the pitch, called X and O's. These are, I, I think, with the hows and the whys. You know, why do people do it? So my legacy is going to be that that football, football will enhance, you know, everybody's role in the game.
0: So, so Julian, going back to your childhood, you know, who would you say were your role models growing up? Uh and were you always was football from the from where you were very early age, was that all you ever wanted to be was to be involved, be a footballer, and now you're still in the football industry, or did you have other dreams growing up?
2: Um I, again, as I said, you know, I didn't I loved playing football. I loved it. I played from you know first sunrise to blooming I mean, to till dusk, but I never said I'm gonna be a footballer because you never know. It could, you know, again, we talk about what you're talking about, I mean, see me, be me. There was never a, a see me be me round our way, you know, Trafford. Nobody had done it. Um, and the ones that did enter it had had bad experiences. So eventually, when I became a footballer, again, I didn't really appreciate. comes back to what I'm doing. I didn't appreciate what I was in. I didn't re- I did I did not fully utilize all the power, power, and tools that I had. You know, you speak to people. And they say, you were the best player I've ever seen. You were the best this, you know, I can't believe this. And these, these are some pros as well who have had bigger careers than me saying, mate, I was good, but you were like, and I'm thinking, what's he talking about? And then I look back and think, yeah, I didn't maximize that. So yes, I like being a footballer. Did I fully invest in it? No, and that's why probably now there's more purpose in what I'm trying to do.
0: Do you know what? I've got so many more questions that I'd like to ask you but we're, we're coming to the end of the podcast. So we're definitely gonna have to invite you on for a, for a part two. Um, but we're now getting on to the bonus part of the podcast where we're gonna ask you three questions. And like I say to every guest, uh, the first question I ask, I do judge everybody on the answer that they give me. So first question, Julia, and no pressure. Does pineapple belong on a pizza? Absolutely. <laughs> right, Julian, we're gonna Wait, can this I give context you context. Now. This, this can is I give you context? Oh there should be no context to this, Julian, but go ahead. Please explain to our audience why.
2: <laughs> okay, Albert Slosh. If I'm going out for a meet if I'm going out for a meal before Albert Slosh, it doesn't. If I've had a night out at Albert Slosh, okay. definitely. <laughs> is that it? Is that I'm the only sure.
0: reason?
2: Yep, it's pre or put po- if it's pre, no, no pineapple. Uh-huh. If it's post drinks, okay. you need it, you need the sugar. I go for it that way.
0: Why can't you just have the pizza and then the pineapple separately?
2: No, no, if it's if it's drinks, <laughs> <and> it's, it's, <laughs> that's that, that's like my kebab. My pizza afterwards, tuna, pineapple, and chili. That is my after beer drink. A oh, pizza, sorry.
0: Oh, after the after yeah. Hopefully, I thank God it's uh, on a pizza and it's not a drink. Um, so, Julian, obviously, throughout your journey as a footballer and in life, you, you've you've travelled to a lot of places. Where's the most interesting place that you've travelled to, and why?
2: Okay, the most interesting place was obviously Moscow. So we're talking Moscow. Two thousand and one, serious place, serious place. It was for when you're seeing such a a hardened culture and just a very linear sort of way of life. There was no, you know, obviously there was no black people. There was no like like fun. Like I said, it, it was the ugly arts who had what they had, and the rest of the people. So that was just seeing that life of sternness. Was it was it was interesting to see, you know, that culturally. Visually, you know, Indonesia, Jakarta, was absolutely amazing to see. You know, the people, the food, the sights, and then finally, you know, I've always said Sweden for for a cool place. Mm. Sweden, they work Monday to Thursday like robots. Then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they turn into absolute maniacs, and then go back to normal again on the Monday, like reset. Incredible.
0: I've been to Sweden numerous times, and I can uh, attest to that. They are, uh, yeah, they are crazy, crazy party goers. Um, and then the the last question I've got, and this is a, another interesting one: if you could throw a dinner party tonight, and you could have, you could invite three guests, dead or alive, who would you have at your dinner party?
2: Well, they'd all be alive because dead ones would be pretty. You know, they won't they won't say much. But if, if there was a dead person you could bring back to life, <laughs> um, I would have Einstein, Nelson Mandela, Steve Jobs. Interesting.
0: Interesting choice. And now because you were talking about alive, who which which free alive would you have?
2: Um it's it's gotta be the, the, the crazy guy, in it? So you'd have I'd have Elon Musk all day. Um Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. And mm. I, I, I would say I'd have Cristiano.
0: Ah, so Ronaldo, Jay-Z, and Elon Musk. Yep. That is that is uh, trillions in the room right there. Exactly. That is uh that's a mega, mega guest list. Very interested. Very interested. Right, Julian. Uh, obviously, where can our guests go to find out more about you and football for football? This is your time to plug socials, website. The floor's yours.
2: What I will say, you know, it's this is what we need to move on. We're in a in an inertia point, but there's this action. So the most prominent places, we you know, we're posting stuff on LinkedIn. So football, football's there and more so julian dow on linkedin but on twitter our handle is at its your game and then football for and it's numerical 4 you'll see some pretty interesting changes coming in the next few weeks there's some amazing content on there at the moment very authentic it's free uh, some of the stuff you have to register for but again it's free it's just to keep things not getting you know pirated and robbed everywhere but it just keeps a better experience for yourself but footballfootball.com Please go and check it out. Well, cool. And will there, a the last
0: one, will there ever be an app released?
2: Absolutely. That's in the making.
0: Excellent. You've heard it here first. The Football for Football app is coming very soon. Very, very there soon. There you go. Yeah. No, but i say thank you, uh, thank you, Julian, uh, for being a guest on the See Me, Be Me and. Definitely, we're going to invite you on for part two because, like I said, I've got so many more questions to ask.
2: Um, thank guys, yeah. really, oh, thank you very much and a great idea what you're doing. And next time I come back on, I will have investments so it'll be a more interesting chat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look
0: forward no, to having you on wish, again, Julian. Yeah, we wish you the best on, on your journey. Uh, and then, yeah, more hopefully more exciting news uh, on, on the investment round on the next episode. All right, that's all we got time for, guys. Take care and see you later.
2: Take care, thank you, guys. Thank you.
0: Blair. Nile. So what did you think about today's guest,
1: Julian? I think Julian's story is just really inspirational just from the from a really young age, from having the the passion for football. And having he mentioned that he had a teacher who really believed him in him, believed in him from like a really young age, and basically inspired him to pursue a career in football. And then it's just learning about the, you know, like the different like challenges that Julian went through, especially with his like knee injury, which which meant he had to give up his dream of being a professional footballer at 26. And then after that, it was just. He had no qualifications or experience, um, let's say, like in the world of business or yeah. um in social media or anything like that. And it was more that he, he was just saying that he had to essentially build on his, well, build on his networks, but also to, he had to just learn on the job. Sort of like, um, you know, like a lot of business leaders, you just learn it as you're going uh, into the avenue that you you don't really have a lot of like knowledge on, but you just got to build and build and build yourself, and it's it's almost like the example of you have to put yourself in the the deep end, or and that's where you learn or gain mm. the most experience by putting yourself in a position where you just have to pick things up and um, it's essentially just broadens your horizon. Yeah, like so that. I think it was interesting that you know
0: you like you live by the three P's: so, uh, perseverance, mm-hmm. passion and purpose yeah. um i had julian from that interview he's got bags of passion you can see the passion is just oozing out when he was mm-hmm. talking um you know he's already got his purpose and you know he's he's definitely determined not to let anything stop him uh from achieving what he set out or what what, what he envisaged and you know it's that similar thing on the entrepreneurial journey about you know there are a lot, there are highs and there are lows, and it's at the low points. It's about how you pull yourself up. And, you know, Julian is probably a, a handful of like diverse uh, entrepreneurs from black backgrounds who've been able to raise investment in, in Manchester. Um, and, you know, what the interesting thing is that one of the investors told him is it's what was it? What was the saying? Is that, you know, it's not about just raising money it's not about just having a company but it's about building a brand yeah and uh, building a brand is what what was the key thing about how do you win new customers people want to feel connected um connected with that brand you know he's got free clientele which i thought was interesting because he's got people who just want to be footballers people who just want to be the parents and then the coaches, coaches as, yeah. and the coaches yeah. as well so and the way he's used technologies like ai um to almost create some of the algorithms and create some of the content. Yeah. I think, well, I think he's inputted some of the content, but he's used AI within this platform. And that, you know, if you're somebody who wants to be a coach, you will access content, which is just designed for coaches rather than sometimes, you know, you sign up to maybe a course and it tells you everything and that's stuff that you're not really interested in knowing about. Whereas his platform will just tailor content just for, What you're interested in which is quite good
1: for specifics and whatnot yeah yeah and
0: and, you know it's like you said you know networking uh, is a key thing that he he has used to build himself and also the business because you know like we say in a blair project no one person can create success on their own it takes a winning team and helping hands and it's about putting yourself in the right places at the at the right time and you know you know people in that instance, might not be able to give you the money, but they might know somebody who can introduce you to somebody else, um, and you know, help you turn your vision into reality. But obviously, you know, it's it's. I found it's fascinating how you know there were a lot of knockbacks and setbacks in Julian's career of you know having that back injury from a very early age, and you know, setting sights on being a footballer, and then you know how the change, you know. Change of manager at Everton and his new, man- new manager, new management came in and, you know, with the injury was released. And then Man City found the back injury mm-hmm. and, you know, ended up getting leaving City and going to Wigan. And then, you know, numerous injuries forced him
1: to retire. I was even just uh, from a really young age with Julian, it's just traveling around. With his football career at an early age, travelling around, like playing in different countries, such mm. as England, Scotland, I believe you said, Spain as well, Latvia. Yeah. It's just incredible. I mean, it's just incredible. Imagine that from a really young age. And, you know, you're getting contracts from these teams, you're getting to you know, just travel, travel around with these different opportunities being a professional footballer.
0: Yeah, what I find interesting is that, you know, a lot of people in that predicament might have just, you know, fell on their sword or whatever and lost motivation, confidence and, you know, yeah, you know, dwell on it for a very long time. Whereas Julian realised, right, my career's ended, but I still want to stay in football. I want to be a success. Let me go learn about entrepreneurship or let me just get involved. Um, and, you know, simple things like, you know, going and playing Sunday League football and chatting to people within you know, when we were playing in playing in those competitions, that's where his business idea came from. um yeah. it's flo- it's beginning it's taken a lot of time. like I said, it was in the wilderness
1: for six years, but he kept going, kept going, persevering, and now look where he's at but it's also the, um it's also, also like not being scared of failure essentially because it's even what he was mentioning about do you know, first doing uh, videography and like social media and whatnot and not knowing how to, do you know, Record videos like equally, yeah. and yeah, he taught himself new skills, taught himself like new skills and whatnot. So it's just one of those things as well that sometimes, yeah, things uh, won't go right the first time, but with more practice and more time, you'll eventually perfect the art and things will come naturally. But uh, you just gotta not be scared to essentially take risks and just uh, if you, if you feel passionate about something, just go for it. Also, as well, it's like Julian
0: is you know probably a bit bit bolder than us if he doesn't mind that saying but it's the saying that you know what, you know you can start a business at any age like yeah you you know you don't have to be a young person you can be you know in your 30s 40s 50s even if you wanted to it's 60s you can start a business at any time like don't let anything stop you from achieving what you want to do Um, so yeah no it's been a great episode and there's so much more we wanted to cover with Julian but we'll definitely get him back on a future episode of See Me Be Be. And if you did like this episode, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe on all of The Blair Project's social media channels. So just to reiterate, we are on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube at The Blair Project. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Get Me Motoring. So, that's all we've got time for now, folks. So stay tuned to another exciting episode, and we'll catch you later. Peace out, guys. If you've liked today's episode, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. The Blair Project is all is on all major social media platforms, including Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube at the Blair Project. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, and and TikTok. Yes, we are on TikTok at. Get me motoring. If you'd like to follow myself individually, I am
1: on Instagram at Niall Henry and also LinkedIn uh, at Niall Henry as well. And if you want to follow myself, I'm on Instagram as Blair Henry underscore 97 and also on um, LinkedIn as just Blair Henry. So we look forward to having you on the next episode. So stay
0: tuned. Take care. Until next time.